Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees, and fracasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty-free, and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl. Mid-Air Madness, passengers trading blows. Mid-Air Brawl on board a scoot flight from the Gulf Coast. At LAX. Thrown off a flight from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. So many of them have been captured on cell phones. Where's the lady that started the, <laughs> the this crashes. Out the fucking door! Welcome to Mid-Flight Brawl. Any tip rack can fly now. Here's what happens when they do. I'm Nick Cody and I can... Can I hear an echo? Sounds like you're in a stadium. It's not a stroke. I'm not. (laughs) What's Um, happening here? A little bit of echo? Can we get that off the echo? Mine's all right. You don't have it. I'm fine. Man, it's... I'll I'll take it from you, mate. You just... You know what's happened? No. No. I've just been on radio so long. Okay, make it sound like an ACDC... Just for the for the uninitiated, people listening, you're gonna, not going to give a shit, but sucked in. People here, we, we chose each other's outfit, outfits for today, and um, I'm I'm in a blazer, which I, I can't stand blazer comedy. It's, it's the worst possible thing. I hate it too. The, well, you say that, I, but yeah. you wear one. I've no, I've worn one about eight times mm. for corporate events, and I'm I reckon one from eight at those gigs. Yeah, there's almost a ninety percent chance of a bomb. Once I've got a blazer. Well, um, for Nick, I've chosen a uh, an official FBI shirt, and by that I mean female body inspector. And just the cheeky two XL. There is an echo there, Mon. No they worries, mate. They don't come Sounds smaller. Sounds fucking sick. It does sound stadium rockish. That's... What's up, forty people at Comedy Republic? That's the um. That's the smallest size you can get, two XL, because that's, from my, from my knowledge, that female body inspectors are only very large men and very much, and larger men than that. <laughs> but Heggy thinks he's got the win here because he just thinks I've picked up a blazer for him. But uh, mm. little does he know, it's not any blazer. <laughs> oh. It's him. the blazer. <laughs> Television's Nick Cody. Look at that fucking stance. Now... Yuck. They Photoshop your knee to... Your leg to go up like that? Yeah. Or did you do that? Yeah, you did actually, that. Yeah. I you got told a, to do that and you did it. I pulled a hammy yelling at the man in costume and uh, my leg just sort of went up like a seagull. I wanted a chip. <laughs> and uh, that photo, he just got sick of me staring like a fucking rugby league player getting a trading card done, just staring arms crossed straight ahead. Did they, I, did they I, say put the leg up or they just said, look coy, and that's what you came up with? No, no. <laughs> 
He actually said, man, we need it to be a bit more fun. And I said, I don't know what you mean by fun. I just stand and I can stand and smile. And he said, no, man, we want something fun. And I said, what, do you want me to act like a fuckhead like this? (laughs) Fuck, those cameras are fast. That should be an ad for Nikon, I reckon. Like, look at the, the speed of this shutter. We caught him fucking around yeah. <laughs> for half a second and it's embarrassed forever. But you've got the official Dude, 20 to 1 blazer. Yeah. Congrats, mate. Not wearing it for long. It's a bit hot in here. I, don't, I know it's, you know, cold in this room, but hot outside. I've got bloody ass butter from walking around. But tell me, <laughs> I've t- I've taken the blazer off. This is my official shirt that I'm, I'm wearing. It's a... Uh, it's a, it's a pilot shirt, so I could I could yeah. walk on any plane and just say I'll take it from here, fellas. <laughs> this is how much of a tip rat Heggy is, as well as that I handed him that blazer on a coat hanger, and he said, "Why is your jacket hanging on my car aerial?" And I said, "No, no, it's actually not for." <laughs> Map of Australia coat hanger. Um, you know, big episode this week. Lots to talk about. But before at Melbourne Comedy Festival on right now. And for the next however many fucking nights it's on, it goes forever. But uh, so far, not bad. People are, all those floppy Which is, by the way, the highest compliment Heggy can award a city is not bad. I mean, yeah, it's fine and everything. Good on you. But, I mean, you people have to go and watch Australians this year and you're appalled by that. But uh, you are turning up, so thanks. Good job. Well, you've had a chose, haven't you, Heggy? I have, yes. Done two tonight, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. See? It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's thanks to being a five-star comedian, no less. In the age. While, while still getting called most improved. Yeah. During a five-star review. Imagine that. Like getting an insult during a five-star review. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> only, only Melbourne. Well done. You. The age asked me, hey, Nick, can we come along to your show? And I said, there's no way a kid from Hoppers Crossing with my mouth will ever do well in the age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a newspaper with a full Harvey Norman ad wraparound on the front. Yeah. <laughs> I do well in that. But <laughs> Shiny paper front page. <laughs> um, anyway, this week we're, we're looking at uh, a bit of nostalgia, a bit of a nostalgic Ooh. trip down memory lane into yesteryear, no less, with a uh, special on cockpit breaches. You don't see a lot of them anymore. Post 9-11. The, they don't um, answer the door. The first... <laughs> It's true, they're not allowed to anymore. Everyone, when 9-11 happened, everyone just got told to go home. You're like, I work in a one-storey building, why am I going home? In, in Australia. <laughs> I go, leave work, go away for the day. Um, I was at school, they wheeled the TV out. I was in year nine, they wheeled the TV out and I thought, fuck, weird time for Shrek. It's normally, the, it's normally when the substitute teacher's here. Very rarely does an actual teacher pull out a TV. Oh, TV. Besides, like, last day of school when you're watching Herbie Goes Bananas every term. I didn't see it. There's the age gap. (laughs) (laughs) That's before your movies. (laughs) Luke, be quiet. We're going to put on a talkie. (laughs) Um, Anyway, if you can um, cast your mind back, buddy, to. July 23, 2000, and this is a big year for uh, cockpit breaches, making the most of the glory days, pre the biggest and most successful cockpit breach I can think of. Um, well, 9-11, that was, like, that, was the, that was the last COVID. Like, I know your view now on just you can't do certain things because of COVID. Oh. Hey, man, do you have any chicken palmers? No, nah, man, we're out. COVID. Yeah, no, it's just everything's COVID. I reckon 9-11's one of those. Oh, 9-11 just got wheeled out as yeah. an excuse for not just doing Just drop shit. it in. 
yeah. lazy people. COVID has put the kibosh on a free beer for a comedian at a venue. That's inexplicably. It's like I walk in and go, I'm doing a show tonight. Can I have a beer? Yeah, man, full price. COVID. <laughs> I don't Not here. Comedy Republic have looked after us. Um, I mean... I'm sure when a uh, yeah they sorry I know actually. I know how to plug stuff. <laughs> All right. um, I'm sure when a bunch of experts compile the best ever cockpit breaches, they'll they'll feel compelled to include some old ones for nostalgic purposes, it's like it's just to prove they're experts, like in anything. It's like when they put a black and white player in a best of ever team for something. You know, fuck oh. off, polio versus vitamin era players. <laughs> no way. <laughs> fuck off, Don Bradman. No way you're as good as these blokes now with muscles. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be fucking dead now. Just that Don Boys. Bradman would die. Just a one bouncer. No, no, no. But if he tried, like his era, you put him oh, in yeah. now. Yeah. It's like the old boxers doing that. Fuck yeah. I mean, fucking body, Mike Tyson line, would decapitate them. Oh, for sure. Body line now, it's just called bowling. Fucking <laughs> grow up. Um, anyway, first, first, first cockpit breach we're talking about is all Nippon Airways Flight 61. And as it ascended from Tokyo's Haneda Airport, which featured recently, actually, on its way to Sapporo, Yuji Nishizawa, 28, got up from his seat, pulled out an eight-inch knife. Fuck, how did he get that there? Well, I'll tell you. On a a female flight attendant, forced her to unlock the cockpit door. The knife was just a regular kitchen knife. Didn't even get a special one for the occasion, just whatever. Um... So how did he manage to smuggle a deadly weapon through airport security? Even in 2000, you couldn't take a knife. Even I remember that. You couldn't... Like, no, I, t- I told you that story maybe eight years ago, flying from Brisbane, uh, f- from Cairns to Weeper, far north mm. Queensland, and a, some miners hopped on, and they all had tools and Stanley knives and everything. Yeah. And they're like, where are you off to? Weeper. Yeah, right, mate. Yeah. Good to go. <laughs> Not going to crash that. They give you a Rambo knife with your coffee on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't even really remember pre-9-11 security measures now being that many planes. But what he did was he, he planned the hijack a day earlier. Like, he, he wanted to do it a day early. He bought multiple tickets, right? And he's... Has he buried it on, to like, different, buried it on the plane? Like well, someone going to Bathurst with booze. No, he's, <laughs> put yeah, it on the mountain so, a week before and then GPS. <laughs> where's your seat? 16D. Can I have 29A, please? Oh. I, really, I really need to sit there for this flight. You joke about that, but he... I mean, he... <laughs> He'd bought multiple tickets to different locations and his parents discovered the tickets in his bag along with the knife and they convinced him not to go that day. They said, not, you're not thinking clearly, son. Uh, get a good night's sleep and go tomorrow. Um, <laughs> just, just promise us you won't do anything stupid. And um, like a month before the hijacking, though, he'd done some research and he'd, he'd found out a security floor at Haneda Airport, wrote to the Ministry of Transport, ANA and others, informing of them of his feat, asking for a job in security. And they were just told him to rack off, you fucking weirdo. And so what it was, he, you could access departure gates from the luggage claim area without going through security. So wow. he went on that is a, a JAL flight from Tokyo with the knife in his check-in and he picked up the bag at the carousel and just went straight to the gate of Flight 61 as hand luggage because yeah. it was a small check-in bag, straight in. Bang, Bang. that is clever. World. Changed the world. Not, not, the not the best, best way, way to go about, about getting that, that job, job though. though. No, it doesn't, doesn't work. What he did next was crystal clear. He, he ordered the co-pilot out of the cockpit after he got in with the threat and uh, demanded the pilot fly to a US military base west of Tokyo. Wow, not enough said, no, fuel. Man, That's not how it works. Not doing oh, that. no, west of Tokyo, yeah. Yeah. Nishizawa, in response, he stabbed him in the neck 
Oh, Daddy Bones. Oh, this really? Bloke. Oh, so, Jesus, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was fine because Nishizawa oh, then took control of the aircraft. I don't know if that is fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't want a bloke who lives with his parents flying my plane. <laughs> you better have your own fucking house if you're a captain. You can't even captain your own life. In, um, in positive news, I came across a website out of this called Murderpedia. That's, that's where I found Nishizawa in the first place. It's fucking unreal. Like, that is a few days of your life gone on that. It's... But there's every country listed and every, a lot of murders on each. It's insane. It's pretty good. I, this is where I discovered Chinese-Australian bush ranger Sam Poo. And um, he used to rob people in the Coonabarabran region. He, he shot a copper in the end, killed him, got hanged, usual story. But also heartwarming due to the immigrant integration to the traditional Australian way of life. People, people talk about enclaves. Yeah. Of immigrants and stuff, you know, and crime, etc. They, you know, they're getting around fighting, yeah, punching, robbing people, doing the Australian way of stuff, stealing anything <laughs> not bolted down. That's what we've always done, Anzac spirit, etc. But um, like, no one's getting a fucking Chinese bush ranger tattooed on them, are they? Get one of them. <laughs> it's almost the same it's fucking one I see on these people. Yeah, I just love the idea. The thing I love about a bush ranger is that they'd rob a bank and then just have to fuck off to a town on a horse. Yeah, like that's so much. Effort. That's not a car. Well, or I still, I still think wait it's for a helicopter to get away. Oh yeah, but it's still easier than CCTV era robbing. Yeah, that's true. Like I'll, I'll you can just walk in, corner store, you're fucking flying. <laughs> like you got to sort shit out, change your change your name and everything for a couple of hundred bucks. So you're um, saying none of those those ancient bush rangers, they wouldn't be able to hold up stuff now. Like no, Ned Kelly would be fucked at a Seven Eleven. Absolutely. <laughs> His face is on every fucking wall. And a lot of people's backs. Yeah. <laughs> the wanted poster everywhere, mobile, getting around. Um, Slip on a Slurpee, that's what does him. Just in the <laughs> so, Yuzu Spritz, right. The, um, have you ever had a Yuzu Spritz? No. Lovely. Is what is it? A, it's, a, it's a Japanese drink, lovely drink, really refreshing, very nice. What's uh, in it? It's, it's a, Yuzu's a fruit and they make it into a Spritz. It's, it's okay. so we're gonna have, we'll have one today, Japanese. But it, that's not Makes a effect, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I never imagined Yuzu him. actually was in his name, Nick. Thanks very much. His name was oh. Yuzi. So, you know, he was... Um, <laughs> but like you, he was obsessed with Flight Simulator. And... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> all, you know me. All Yuzi wanted to do was fly a plane under the Rainbow Bridge in Tokyo. Fuck, that's not, that's not first lesson. Even on a computer game, they make you just do a lap first of the airport. <laughs> You, yeah. don't, you don't go straight under the Rainbow Bridge. Oh, man. I mean, well, fair enough request for someone who's, you know, kind of man who plays a lot of video games like yourself. But <laughs> flying under Rainbow Bridge, that'd be, that's an expert move for someone in the smallest plane ever built. Mm. Like, you hang glide under that. That's a fucking expert move. Jumbo jet under Rainbow Bridge. It's insane. That's um, a, I, I spoke to a pilot once who said you could take a 747 under the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Bullshit. Yeah. No, he said it can be done. Mm. And I said, why haven't you done it? And he said, because everyone would get scared. <laughs> I just love the idea of someone taking off from Sydney Airport every day, just looking out the window, going, if it wasn't a whole bunch of fucking softcocks in this nanny state, <laughs> I could do a sweet, tr just you sweet trick. Just because you somewhere doesn't mean you can do it. I, I think you'd, just, you'd knock the heads off all those revellers in their party boats. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Bang, gone. Um, 
Maybe that's his new excuse now. You're going to put the Boeing under the bridge? Nah, mate, COVID. Can't do it. Would have. Different world now. Rainbow Bridge, though, it's just a regular white suspension bridge. They put bright red, green and white lights on, powered exclusively by solar. So shit like this is catnip to gamers. They love that. I'm fucking over the Rainbow Bridge, nothing less. Video games for adults still gets me. Like it's it's. Ins- I know if you people are podcast listeners. You probably fucking do it. But that's my how they recruit for the army now. Call of Duty. How good are you at that? Bang! Straight in. You're a private. My sister's here. She's a streamer. Ah, well done. Well done, the Cody's. <laughs> from, you're trying to get. You, you say that sis, everyone goes silent. Like I'm the one with a fucking problem. Like yeah. A, yeah. 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 Because I'm not on gaming. I'd rather just play FIFA for a few hours and just be on Murderpedia looking up <laughs> borderline pilot beheadings. <laughs> There's a weirdo. <laughs> Man, get in Murderpedia. It's fucking great. There's, there's, a, there's a lot on there. Um, as it turned out, though, even though the pilot was dead from a stab to the neck, Yuji didn't do it. He, oh. he wasn't of sound Oh, hold on. There when we this go. happened, he'd, Get this um, ready. What yeah. he'd done... It's a shame, he he isn't popped it? A, a lot of uh, antidepressants oh, for the episode, yeah. and then to top that off, his defence lawyer got him diagnosed with Asperger's. Oh. So, something, something his parents never bothered to do, despite all the signs being there. They didn't, uh, such as the letters to the ministry, perplexed he can't get a job after exploiting loopholes, and the, six and the, separate plane, plane tickets, pre yes. <laughs> <And laughs> fucking webjet. Like he had to go to. The flight centres. Having said that, I, I accidentally double booked myself on the same flight. Oh, fucking hell. Fucking nothing. Didn't get a... Your mate. Didn't yeah. get a, oh, you've accidentally done this, and uh, we'll have no. your cash. You could be up to no good. You could be doing a Uzi, but fuck, fuck it. We'll take your money. Done. Yeah. Gone. What do you think they're meant to tell you, an adult, how many times you've bought a thing? <laughs> well, my two you didn't know that when together you were, either. When you, were typing it, when you were typing it in, you didn't... There's well, no, a French word, deja vu. You didn't have any of that? No, You're French. No, you should really. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to diss him, but one of them was my manager who, who booked it and I'd booked Ooh, it. So, you know, it wasn't does. in the calendar. I did it, bang. So um, <laughs> they're in trouble come Monday. Um, so, yeah, he's fine. He's, I mean, he's in jail, but he's, he didn't do it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Japanese are a bit more, a bit more harsh on that sort of shit than we are. Yeah. yeah, a lot of mental illness in jail here. Not a lot of tangible, actual people in there. It's just uh, cells are empty. Everyone's out. Um, our, uh, we're, we're in the city. We're, we're a few of these actually. We're in the city of this, right? Melbourne, and this is this is what happens post two thousand and one, fuckheads, when you try to get into a cockpit. Uh, MH one two eight, Melbourne to Koala Koala Lumpur, uh, May thirty one. <laughs> May 31, 2017 is what we're looking at here. Oh, sorry. Not this video. Grand style, grand style, grand style. Heggy had no idea what that meant. I was so disappointed. It's a bit of Melbourne history for you, mate. Look at that. They're all very classy bits of furniture. Who doesn't want that? Why don't you come for yourself and have a look at this magnificent... Il Modernissimo, only can found from Franco Cozzo. Bye from Franco Cozzo. I see this ad and now I know why all my Italian mates, their grandparents, cover their stuff in plastic, because it's fucking horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 why not why? The images coming in after a terrifying incident 
on board a passenger plane just after takeoff from Melbourne, Australia. Yes. A man <laughs> rushing the cockpit claiming to have a bomb. <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne, that's Melbourne. where you are. You're from. Um, yeah. Manod Marks, Sri Lankan student. Uh, again, history of mental illness. You're not going to believe this. A few minutes in, he's gotten up and grabbed some stuff out of the overhead, which has always irked me anyway. Should be able to just bash them. Um, <laughs> then he said, look, I, I've got a bomb. This is what he said. I've got a bomb. I need to talk to the captain. Last person they let you speak to if you've got and a when bomb. When was this? This was only a couple of years ago. 2017, yeah. yeah. Open the fucking door. He said, passengers... They took care of it, and they, ca- they cable-tied him down. Yeah. So some of them have got fucking cable-tied straight through security. I'm telling um, you, po- post 9-11, no good. Don't even bother now. Everybody what? wants to be the let's roll guy. Oh, yeah. They're getting up and fighting. Who's the let's roll guy? One of those he was the one that put it into the field instead of uh, the White House. And we know that how? They just told us. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's a movie, Post the Fact. Did, did he survive it and come out and go, this one? No, no, no. There was a recording. Somebody was calling their loved one. Oh, you hear if that's what you, you sheep will believe. <laughs> and you can hear him say, let's roll. Yeah, when there's another bloke, bloke that says, let's roll. roll. He didn't call his missus and go, fucking, there's some loose units here. I'm going to sort it. Let's roll. And she went, that's my man. No, it was somebody else. <laughs> um, passengers took care of it and cable told him that. Then the tactical airport security came on board pronto. And by that, I mean 90 minutes later, they've rolled in. <laughs> And they caught some shit from the judge for this. He's like, what are you lot doing? Probably having a couple of darts and taking it easy outside the airport like we always do. Um, I don't well, know again, it's one of, one of those jobs, you're not busy until you're really fucking busy. Yeah. Airport security. Well, that's yeah. why American airport security is fucking great. Now's the shit. That's why Link Cafe was such a disaster because New South Wales coppers, they don't shoot people all the time. They don't know what to fucking do. Okay. They're sitting there going, I hope someone's inside there with a half-eaten apple I can throw at this bastard because <laughs> we've never used these guns. Yeah. Um, so the, the defence, they said, this is going to go downtown. Um, <laughs> the uh, de- the defence have said that Manod, he was under a lot of pressure with his studies, as can be the case. Studying's hard. Um <laughs> His family in Colombo had sold off some land to pay for his education. So he let his hair down a bit before getting on the plane with a spot of meth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Surely that would help with the study. bit of cramming. Help with the study. doesn't help getting on a plane. No. I don't think. He, um, what, he smoked meth on the plane? No, just before he, like before just before. he got to the airport, yeah. Couldn't think um, of anything worse. I've never done meth, but they look like these are people at shadow box at the traffic lights. I don't know. If you, I don't know if you want to sit in a chair for twelve hours. You've got to be fucking free, man. Just stay loose. It's not. I could, I could think of nothing better. Obviously, it's fucking excellent meth. Like it, the stakes are so high, and all of us know that there are consequences, and yet people do it. Old uh, Manod, he was uh, he was in a drug-induced psychosis. Twelve years in the pen. That's how you do oh. it. Um, the day he was released from a psych facility, though, that was the actual day. He got straight on a plane, got out of a psych facility, bit of meth, straight on the plane. So, not same a great day. timeline. Same day. Yeah, he had a Fuck. Managed to that's factor awesome. in taking some meth before he got on. That's that's great. Yeah. What a what a time. What's he stressed about yeah. studying for? He can clearly get shit done. <laughs> unbelievable time um, management. First bloke in Australia to ever be charged with trying to take control of a plane. Failed miserably. But uh, in the end, it was just a speaker and a battery. Imagine charging the cockpit with a fucking 9-volt. 
So put, put your tongue out, mate. Lick this. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this over starting now. That is, that is very icy behaviour. I've got a bomb and you don't know it's just your Bluetooth speaker. Again, another, another mate, another great Hopper's Crossing tale. We had some friends that had to intervene on a friend that had a drug problem. He was definitely a shadow boxing at the traffic lights kind of guy. And uh, they went into his house to check on him and he boarded up all the windows, curtains closed and everything. And he said, boys, before we chat, I just need you to plug your phone into this system here so I know cops aren't listening in. And what the system was was just a PS4 that he'd ripped the lid off and they'd just soldered an iPhone charger into it. My mate just plugged it in. It did nothing because he's yeah. fucked both bits of equipment there. Yeah. He said, good, now the cops can't hear us. I mean, that sort so. of stuff, that's fairly harmless fun. It's when they... It's, it's when they have the same habit, but they've got fucking... Ho- their hoodies never fit. They've always got really long sleeves and, and they go really low. Well, they're long. They should it's have a zipper shit. here, actually, in a hoodie. Put a zipper. Who's going to produce that? Like a, a hoodie with a zipper in the elbow crook, <laughs> just for proper. But that, when they own machetes, that's when alarm bells ring for me. Makes like you think, doesn't it? Who's, who's harvesting bamboo these days, and yet some Australians own machetes? You shouldn't have a machete and yeah. a fucking ice habit. Bad, bad combo. And this is coming from the bloke that brings a Stanley knife everywhere. <laughs> if you didn't hear the episode the other week in Adelaide, we were there and he just pulled, he's got all of his pencils. Pull out a fucking Stanley knife. You did? In the apartment. Oh, right. Yeah. I said, how the fuck do you sharpen it? Like, do people just have sharpeners? And he go, nah, always need one of these. Just pulled out a Stanley knife. And he doesn't live in Adelaide, lives in Sydney. So you brought that interstate. You've got to have a knife. And you're not a tradie. Yeah. Do you have to have a knife? <laughs> Tell jokes, I man. Fucking used it. Yeah, well, I'd like to use it more while I'm telling jokes. But... <laughs> I'll take a bit of meth before the flight home. Have a go. Um, it's a you know he's he's gone. This bloke. See you later. Whatever. We'll see him in twelve years. Um, this this one right. I quite like this. Hold on. The yeah. news story though. Oh yeah. The Americans. Oh, yes. The Americans sort of pumped up um, what was happening in there. Not. They, they must have forgotten that they're reading a story that you've then got video and audio of. Device, apparently some kind of power pack. A half hour after taking off, the jet is back in Melbourne with security officers barking commands to passengers. Keep your heads down, please. Barking commands. The security officers barking commands to passengers. That's like a 10 out of 10 to an American. Oh, yeah. G'day, champ. Just head down. Thanks. Fuck. Oh, my God. This Aussie's crazy. <laughs> Never heard a dog say please. Like this. <laughs> and also, that's not airport security. That's fucking last survivor. That's something, that's something bigger in there. They don't give airport security that kit. Guns and yeah. black clothes. And so that's the dudes who occasionally have to yeah. fucking do something. They don't go from fucking, can you get your laptop out of the case to fucking, can you rappel down the side of a building with this MP5 and take out some people? Different crew. Um, yeah, so Melbourne, well, I had to, I had to have a Melbourne flavour for this live show. That's it. Over. Sucked in. It's not really, not really a Melbourne thing to, to breach a cockpit. You're more worried about what comedians say at night. Um, getting on your fucking blogs and having a go. So... Uh, a third one, right? It's LA to Singapore, classic route via Tokyo. There's a, there's a good dude from Garland, Texas, home to many people with triple barrel names. Oh, your one favourite. of which is uh, Leanne Rhymes, for example. She grew up here. 
pretty much pretty much just a Dallas suburb. But you know how they call something a city when it's inside the city? Yeah. yeah. It's like so I'm, I'm from the city of Fitzroy. You know, that's fucking Melbourne. Well, they do it here. Oh, Geelong. Geelong's a city. What they say it is. Is it connected? You can't just put it on a sign and then it is one. But that's a fair My way. My eyes work. Is it's not way? one. It's a long way from here. Are oh, you talking about minutes? size of the people? Yeah. So, size of the population, sorry. Not the people. People are massive. No, just the, the, city, <laughs> the, city, the city of Geelong. They call it a city, but it's not one. What do you mean? Like Adelaide's, Adelaide's not, not even really a city. city. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... Adelaide's, a, in a, well, in Adelaide's only the capital city because there's nothing bigger than that small town in South Australia. Yeah. So it's the largest small town, so it gets like city by default. I reckon Roxby Downs on a, on a bumper gold day would have more people in it than Adelaide. Like, a, like the there's more Roxby. miners there Oh yeah. just pulling shit out of the ground in big trucks than, than in Adelaide. Um, yeah, it's just a Dallas suburb. They feel special. Want to call it Less than... But this guy's an Indian, right? Less than 1% of Texans are Indians. I'm talking Asian Indians, that is, for the Neanderthals who still refer to Native Americans as Indians. Um, God, you, you are, are fitting into Melbourne. Melbourne. We're looking into... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> um, we're looking back at August 5, if you can cast your mind back, 1999. Oh. Bumper time for the... 90s. Like just before 9-11, obviously, is the best time for cockpit breaches because yeah. they've, they've perfected the art. It's like yeah. murder. Got really good up until mobile phones and and um, <laughs> CCTV and shit, where it's yeah, easy yeah. to get caught. Obviously, thousands of years of perfecting the art. Yeah. Yeah. 90s murder shows on TV, they're the best ones. Mid to late, late 90s, 90s does sound like the best, best time. time. You just bash, bash a pilot, pilot, then go and watch a new Seinfeld. Seinfeld. What a great time. <laughs> great era. Um, this dude, his name's Sanil Shetty Kumar, an American, uh, was given a six-month jail sentence after trying to force his way into the cockpit on a Singapore Airlines flight from Los Angeles to Singapore via Tokyo. And uh, this bloke is not to be confused with Sunil Shetty and Ashkay Kumar, two best friends who've made over a dozen Bollywood films together, probably over the course of a probably over the course of a fucking fortnight. I don't know if anyone watches Bollywood, but Jesus Christ. Um, American businessman, right? Which yep. can mean anything. They're all businessmen, except the women who are business people. Um, <laughs> everything must go, including freedom. Um, Kumar, he's become intoxicated during the LA to Tokyo segment, but uh, still managed to get back on the plane. Good yeah. old days. Who hasn't? Um, well, not really. If there's a stop, you can't get pissed on the first leg. You've got to take it easy. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and get Man, back I on. I'm sure I've talked, play, if, if you haven't... If I haven't told you this before, the Singapore Airlines flight from Perth to Germany the other year. Why and the you night Germany? To do gigs in Europe. Oh. Yeah. Lardy da. I oh, know. Pre-COVID. Uh, different era now. But on the, the night before, there was a gig in Perth for the SAS. And I got maggot and they took me straight to the airport. Yeah. And I upgraded to business How did they class. get you there? I don't know. I was oh. blind. They weren't drink driving a fucking tank or something. <laughs> Just a bunch of little blokes who've never done anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they snuck me into the airport. Yeah. Um, mission success. No, but I uh, fell asleep. I'd upgraded on points and woke up in Singapore and one of the flight attendants said, so you've got a bleeding mouth. And I said, oh, fuck, what's happening here? I just passed out in the chair straight away, five in the morning. I go into the bathroom as the plane's coming in to land and I forgot that I had a big lip full of dipped tobacco. That I just passed out and just brown drool. What an absolute yeah. lowy thing to eat. That's a fucking worst. Makes you think, doesn't it? Mm. It's worse than cigarettes. Eat like eating tobacco. All I'm trying to say, 
is I still made it to the second leg. All right, so okay. well, it is possible. Well done. Follow, follow your dreams, everyone. And, um, so he's maggot, right? He's, he's, he's got back on and immediately just tried to storm the cockpit and he's shoved a flight attendant in the chest. And, That's where he's gone wrong. After cockpit entry was thwarted by business class passengers and two male flight attendants. I think you're fine, we just call them flight attendants now, Nick. Um, <laughs> Kumar, Kumar attempted to open an emergency, emergency exit door while shouting these words, tonight everybody will die. What a, what a brave night thing to say as you go yeah. head first into a one-sided battle. Like trying to open that door, that's like, I was, we've talked about it, it's stupid. It's, it's like holding your hand against a little kid's forehead while he's throwing haymakers. You have no fucking chance, mate. Yeah. Wear yourself out. Do what you want. Now what happened, I know he is a Texan, so did he open the door but then his just big fucking hat got stuck? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Caused the vacuum. Saved everyone's life. Ten-gallon hat. So um, you know what it saved this? A lot of these cockpit breaches, if you just had economy at the front, first class at the back, because it's the opposite of a video game. The closer you get to the cockpit, the opponents get easier. Yeah. <laughs> so the boss is the fucking easiest. Someone in first class, like, huh, you just, you're in. In a, in a video game, they get harder. But if harder. you've got to get past 30D first, uh, at the end, yeah. you just bash your way through first and business class, soft people, they've got slippers on, whatever. <laughs> Then at the back, it's a fucking metal, metal militia singlet yeah. and a Red Bull hat. Still you go, four. Boss challenge coming up. <laughs> Carry on tool bag. Um, so, so Sanil, he gets to Singapore, gets fined $560, which is about 800 Australian, and then straight to the clink, four months. Off to Changi, buddy. All the best. Wow. Not much, really, is it? Like, that's a, that's a fucking 10-year sentence in America. One of my great-uncles spent five years in Changi Prison in World War II. He didn't even try and fight a pilot. I think he just, just got caught. Did he, did he get out? Yeah. Oh, OK. Good on. Has he got a Changi leg? What's the Changi, Changi leg? leg? The famous Changi leg, like a, no. like a fake leg for the ones who'd lost legs. Changi leg's a famous uh, oh, false really? leg, yeah. You I don't did. drink out of it, so you wouldn't know what it is. <laughs> Um, I'm sure if a Cody had it, they would have fucking hollowed it out for beverages. <laughs> All right. Our, our, our last one, and arguably the best here, is... Um, Fuck. Hold on. There's someone killed. There's cops. There's an arrest. Yeah. Gets Heaps better. Jail time. Are you back to Murderpedia? No, I'm not a Murderpedia. No, there's no murder. murder. Got the murder out of the way first. <laughs> Set the scene, you know. Um, March 27... The year AD 2000. So, hot off the heels of the Y2K disaster we narrowly averted as a society. (laughs) Um, Germania, charter flight from Berlin to the Canary Islands. And uh, I don't know if you know Germania. No, I don't. They went bankrupt in February 2019 after expanding. No one's fucking happy just to have a good business, are they? They've just got to expand. Move, establish, grow, dominate, monopolise. That's shit. That's, yeah. 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 Well, if they're doing charter flights to the Canary Islands, it's probably the business people they were dropping off there that yeah. fucking gutted their own company. Yeah. That's how it works. Well, they go, I mean, I mean, you run a hot dog stand, though. You think, this is brilliant. I'm, getting, I'm selling 200 hot dogs every night. They go, no, nah, I've got to fucking open a shop in every suburb. You know, get greedy, bankrupt, sucked in. Um, 
Success just breeds greed. So um, this is from Luke Heggie, who's added six shows at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yeah, well, I'm still a fucking. Oh, fucking! Don't worry about it. Comedy's Icarus over here. <laughs> well, having said that, tomorrow night's extra show. There's three people in it. So Sucked don't in. Don't worry about. Yeah, don't worry about me succeeding. It's not happening. Um, so, Germania, right, as an airline, had, uh, they'd been involved with a growing amount of incidents over the previous decade with an ageing fleet of already shit planes. Um, cabin pressure loss, funny smells in the cockpit, the usuals. 2014, someone fell off the stairs when they were getting off. That, you can't blame them. Well, I reckon you can. They've received very serious injuries, but... Like, details are scanned, but falling off the stairs. Not falling down the stairs, oh. falling off the stairs. All right. That's well, as in you haven't pushed it up. No, I reckon you've, you've jumped the railing or you've just tried an unsuccessful overtake of an old person on the way yeah. up the stairs. It's just a dumb thing. You just think, I'll swing off this railing, I'll come back out in front of these wrinklies, I'll yeah. be first into customs. Dead. Not dead, but, you know, seriously injured, broken legs. You know what I mean? That's what I miss most about Tiger, is that other airlines are like, if you're elderly or children or whatever, you go first. But Tiger, it was just like the greyhounds. Everyone, everyone go at the same time. It'd be better if they actively just said all the old and infirm just fucking... Just wait. ...kill your heels, yeah. That's what I make of saying. On a plane, like old people going first in life in general, you know. What do you, what do you got? I reckon, I reckon if I become old, I'll just, I'm just going to take it easy. Like, let the people with appointments and important shit to do just go. Yeah. Just fucking sit there. Who cares? Don't turn up at 9am at the supermarket with a fucking check and, <laughs> and, to, and stand in the 12-item thing with 13 and just fucking ruin my day. Just, I won't be doing it. I mean, it, it's not... I, I've, been, I've been in a hurry before disembarking a plane. Yeah. And yeah. old people thwart it. And it's, yeah. it's not the ones who are so old, like those really old, you just forgive them of fucking everything. I'm talking, the worst ones, probably 65 and a day. Like just retired, thinking, oh, it's still useful, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in a hurry for shit and just get in the fucking way. Yeah. Just worried about their impending obsolescence. My dad's, My dad's here. here. Yeah. <laughs> but he's going for a dart. He's, he'll, he'll, he'll be faster, faster than you. Than you. You got to punch a dory post flight. You're not 65 though, Jeff with a J, are you? It's Jeff with a G, please. 66. Oh right, I'll get on you, man. Just you know, off the clock, doing overtime. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you, mate. Good on you for keeping the business. I just stay out of my fucking way when I'm gone. Um, (laughs) Man, I told you, my wife hates if you fly. Um, when it opens up again, post-COVID, um, if there's ever... Oh, no, you can do it now. Some states where you've got to do the little... Like South Australia, they give you the little um, uh, raffle ticket when you fucking turn up there. If you get off a plane, you should know that everybody in front of you is going to add about three minutes to you getting the fuck out. So I get off and fucking run. And it looks weird. And you will get uh, some people a bit worried. Oh. But just know, everyone you pass, you're saving three minutes. Yeah. I, I went to Adelaide recently. Then it becomes a game. I'll have my kid, my fucking wife, I'm kicking the bag, I'm just fucking, I'm not waiting. I fucking hate waiting. Speaking of waiting, we had to go for a COVID test last week. How'd that? Yeah, oh, fuck, that's why we missed the show. We weren't allowed to say it. What a fucking time. There's, there's like Comedy festival wouldn't let us say it, so they just rather us imply that we're fucking soft cocks that don't turn up for stuff. 
versus getting a text late on a Friday night and having to get our brain swab Saturday morning. Oh, but I got there Saturday morning, like seven, opens at eight. You were about tenth in line, I was about fourth in line. There's one person testing, one. Yeah. And they're talking to each other, going, oh, should we get more staff in? I'm going, fuck, there's hundreds of people outside at eight o'clock, get more staff. Should I call Sarah? It's beyond Sarah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're talking to each other like that right in front of me. The guy, when I, the guy when I went in there, he went to swab me and he said, quick question, we're getting some vibes in here, which would have been Heggy yelling six people before me. Just the, no, the vibe you were giving off, this state is fucked. Now one of this fucking joint went to the dogs, it's fucked. You don't even fucking know when there's a fucking pandemic. Fuck. The guy said, is it busy out there? Like, yeah, man. You should be busy Everybody who came from Queensland is out there. Yeah. Yeah. Royal Melbourne. Couldn't have been more Melbourne. There's one guy, one person doing the test and one standing there. Asking me my fucking pronoun and stuff. Like, man, just do the test. I'll show you my dick later if you want. Just there's so many people waiting. Let's fucking move. That's, yeah. No so, urgency. Yeah. You and, fill um, out a whole form on your phone beforehand and then, then you get there and they give you the same quiz. I go, what was that for? Just a game to burn some time in line. I go, it doesn't even come to us, that form. Okay. Well, I don't know. Good luck to whoever knows my birthday. <laughs> Heggy wanted, wanted to go and, go and get, get separate, separate tests done, done and then race to see which one wins first. <laughs> but I didn't know, okay, are you allowed to do that? I thought maybe it was like voting. You can only do it once. Oh, I would have thought you people are obsessed with getting tested down here and, and, and everyone's a fucking cop by the look of things. So you just get as many tests as you want. They pat you on the back, give you a lolly and shit. I wanted to race pathology versus the actual hospital and see who won, but I just did the hospital one. It's fine. Yeah. And our mates have right. pathology. They lost. Yeah, they lost. They had to yeah. wait a whole day. Sucked in. <laughs> um, anyway, this bloke, just again, with his cockpit breach, has again just snuck through before the late 2001 advances in cockpit door technology. And he's a, um, he's a German, a German John Doe, or a Max Musterman. That's what they call a John Doe. Oh, really? Is that the visa know. name so, in yeah, Germany? It oh, means yeah. example man or model man. That's their John Citizen. So, wow. see? Educational. Um, in Dutch, it's Jan, Jan Janssen. Uh, Sinjoro Anjulo in the second language of Melbourne, Esperanto. Um, the official fuckwit language of it. Um, Jean Dupont in French. And the Paddies use tag or biddy. So, what? Tag, like T-A-D-G, tag yeah. or biddy. They're the biddy. ones they have for their... John Doe types. Fuck yeah. And there's a lot of them. There'd be a lot of, a lot of biddies written out, pre-written out on, on toe tags, biddies and tags, just already ready for the morgue there. Just, like you know, Braden's. Yeah. <laughs> the Braden toe tag just got a box. Yeah. <laughs> just grab another one, put the surname. <laughs> so um, this, this guy, I couldn't get his name, but Max Musterman, he is believed to have been drinking when he smashed his way into the cockpit. <laughs> And, Good uh, assumption. I know you're not meant to assume. Yeah. But if somebody starts smashing a cockpit door, I'd have oh, to yeah. figure they've had a few. Well, and he said, what he said was, this plane's under attack from terrorists, which, you know, fucking, oh. they said, yeah, obviously now it is. And, <laughs> and started kicking, punching, and, and choking the pilot. And uh, he's, he's grabbed the controls, as you do if you're, you know, someone like you who knows what they're doing in a plane. <laughs> and the plane's veered off course and started diving. And the co-pilot stabilised it and then put out the following announcement. Help, we need strong men, we need strong men. Said it twice, means it. Um, four out of 143, four, 
passengers answered the call. Men from, where do you reckon? Well, Germany. Germany. Yes. Oh, Three countries. Um, all around there. Uh, Italy? Italy? No. No, they back up in the... <laughs> no, no, I did World War II history, no good. hands in the toilet, so that's my... <laughs> no. um, Sweden? Sweden? Yes. Who else loves a chon around there? Oh. Like a vi- Norway? No, no, no. Or... Go east. Far east. <laughs> Russia? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... These, these, um, these strong men have just kicked the fuck out of him. If, if, I don't know, like I know you have, but if everyone else, if you've ever seen the world's strongest man competition, the Swedes oh. are very well represented. Yeah, they are. I mean, they've only Russia's won one bronze and Germany nothing. Weak. Doesn't make sense to me. Someone's cooking the books there. What but about fucking, what about East Germany? Surely they've won a few. Or do they, they just make the meds? Yeah, for the rest to win. <laughs> well, they they step back and and see how long these blokes live. Not very fucking long. <laughs> and I told, I've, I've done a gig with strong men before. There's a gig for Doherty's gym. In, <laughs> no, not huge, huge. Uh, huge, huge was in the paper the other day. Good luck, huge, huge. Um, <laughs> was he winning a medal? <laughs> Was he answering questions? Yeah, he was answering some questions. And, um, but a win in the end uh, for Hugh Judge. But uh, it was a gig for Doherty's gym in Melbourne. They had like some bodybuilding slash strongman event. I got to do comedy there. This was like 10 years ago. So just a weird crowd out the back because you've got bodybuilders who have dehydrated themselves. Yeah. And then so they're thirsty and hungry and then they put on... It's like, it's the, like the, the, the last acceptable, acceptable version, version of... of <laughs> you can only do it if you flex in your undies. That's yeah. what I seem to have learned. <laughs> and they're just covered in that stuff. It stinks. And they are fucking so cranky. And then you've got strong men who have never said no to a meal. Yeah. They're fucking loving life. The strong men are just eating all day and they're ready to, you know, lift a truck or whatever needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. One bloke, you were laughing about the, the 20 to 1 photo. One guy was trying to deadlift some insane, like 800 kilos or some fucking mental. And you, I, we heard his hamstring pop. That was... And then he went, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And everyone's like, don't think you're good. And he... Because you could hear... Like, I've never heard a muscle tear from a distance. probably his arsehole prolapsing. That'd be the, the first thing to go, so... <laughs> Turned into a tripod. Yeah. He's got the, <laughs> the pink leg at the back for a bit of stabilisation. That's what you want, a strong chain. <laughs> no, but he was standing there, he goes, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And everyone's going, you're not fine. And then his leg just started curling up like a seagull. So he did it one-legged? No, he did it one-legged. Uh, he got up. <laughs> almost as if this shit's fairly useless, don't really need to do it. Um, they... Um, like six meals a day, these blokes, eh? Just yeah. fucking consumers. Just to do all the stupid shit we used to catch a snippet of at the end of the news, but now people watch the whole thing. But they'd be mega, <laughs> they'd be bigger com- consumers, these blokes, strong men, than the much maligned Federation of Competitive Eating, which I used to fucking love. Like the yeah. Joey Chestnut years of... Kobayashi. Hot dogs, just fucking... Oh, yeah. grubs. Like, I watched that Hungover a couple of years ago, that... The, there's a 30 for 30 on ESPN and nothing made me sicker. 
Like, you know when you're really hungover and you smell like you're cleaning up some beers and you get, a, like, that, that waft of warm beer and you go, whoa. I'm just on the couch in a fucking death zone. I go, I watch them 30 for 30, and it's a tiny Japanese man trying to eat 65 hot dogs in a minute or whatever. It's like, oh, no, no good. Oh, the only merciful thing is they die young. Imagine committing your one life to just fucking consuming. That is really thumbing your nose at the poor. You know what got me was fucking gross. Dipping, dipping the hot dogs in water? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. By choice. That's a prank that you lose. Like, that's a dare, you know. It's a bet. Wet your hot dogs. Committed athletes. I know. That. What do you do for a job? I turn food into shit. That's it. <laughs> Fucking yuck. I, having said that, when I was in America, I had to. I, I bought a steak for like thirty-five bucks. I could not afford it, and yeah. it was two kilos. And they said, if you finish it, you get your money back. I thought oh, I'll have to. And, <laughs> And it took like these people. The waitresses kept coming out with salads and stuff. I'm like fuck off, get away from me. Do you want a, a cheese bread? No, I've got to finish this steak. I was about a third in. I knew I was in big trouble, and I had like an hour or something. And I took the full time, and I did it just because I needed the, needed the money. Yeah. And they came out with cowbells and shit. I was by myself, like yeah. a single diner in a restaurant. Imagine that, like table for one near the door, please. That's it. <laughs> and yeah, they're bringing bells out. And then I just went and I was living in my car. I just went to the back of the car and just fetal position two days. <laughs> it was a fucking mistake. Um, I got the bloke at the end of Into the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a poisonous berry though. It's just fucking two kilos of porterhouse. <laughs> so oh, yeah. what you're saying is you are a competitive eater and you won the competition. Well, once, but then that, that, put, that put the end of my... I eat a lot less now. I'm, yeah. still, I'm ashamed of what I did. It was awful. But, but, um, but that, at what point in that, like, you, you win, so you get your 35 bucks back, mm. how, how long after that do you go, fuck, should have just spent the 35? Absolutely, immediately. Like, <laughs> like fucking three mouthfuls in. It's a, it's a play. It's, that's 72 hours. It's yeah, two, yeah. two kilos of steak. Well, I had to do one once. I did a... A uh, gig, again, just some other fuck gig that you do when you start in stand-up. It was like 2009. You say that. It was called Steak Fest. It was down in Geelong. The night before, it was my mate's 21st, and I vomited driving over the Westgate Bridge. So I was in. I was not prepared for this gig the next day. My mate and I have turned up, and there's 50 people that put in $50 each, and then the person who eats a kilo of steak the quickest, they're the winner, and they get to give the 2500 to whatever charity... Of their choosing, right? Worth it. And they did the steak thing first, and two people had dropped out, so my mate and I got to join in. And I'd vomited hours before, and now I'm trying to eat a kilo of steak, including the fat and the gristle. Yeah. And I got maybe 45 minutes in, I was two thirds of the way through, and I just, I was like, nah, I'm fucked. I'm no one had finished by 45 minutes. No, they had. All right. Two people, a draw, six minutes and 30 seconds. For a kilo of steak, one massive unit, and a jockey. <laughs> I was way more impressed you, by the little fella. Why would you keep going after the six-minute mark? That's fucking doesn't make sense. It's like just, your, you don't want to be rude. You don't want to be wasteful. Rude, mate. I didn't even have a charity that I'd thought of. I was just eating it. Going, well, fucking like, dog shelter could have been your charity. <laughs> just take, a, take a doggy bag and sort it out. But the, like someone's already the, won. I feel the same way about marathons. You see someone win a marathon, they're doing two hours, and you're, you're going to be three and a half hours. Just pull over at 28 k's or something. <laughs> It's finished, clearly. Well, what was fucked is that the entire crowd have attempted to eat a kilo of steak, as have the two comedians, and we fucked up because we did that before the show. So it was just me going on stage to people doing the same. 
It's one of the worst gigs of all time. Just everyone just sweating out in the sun. <laughs> Man, I went in on a bit of a rabbit hole when I was looking at strongmen. It's never really interested me, but the um the Swedish the pulling Swedish shit with the teeth. What's that? Pulling shit with the teeth, like yeah. a train carriage or a plane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's mad. Some of the stuff they do. The, the Swedish world champion strongman from 1998. He may have been on board. I don't know, but he was Magnus Samuelsson, actor like you. <laughs> Magnus, right? He got offered a role. Around, this is around this time, I think, in the film Gladiator. You know what he said? He said, "No, I don't know any of the names in that cast. It's going to be a B movie. Rack off. I'm not doing it." Um, instead, he went on to win. Swedish Dancing with the Stars in 2009. <laughs> Take imagine that, Russell Crowe. Oh, imagine a, like a six foot seven giant strongman being more fleet of foot than any other Swedish celebrity. It's yeah, really. What's fuck, happening? They're bad at dancing. I, mean, I, I, I watched that. it. I watched the final, and <laughs> what they did was they dressed they dressed Magnus up like an ape, and to add to the cinema, they've got him roaring from the confines of his cage until a normal-sized woman in sequence just lets him out and he starts swinging around his head to the tune of bare necessity. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a fucking time to be alive. That's a, comments disabled. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so the strong men on this plane, right, they subdued the German John Doe and pinned him down until landing safely in the Canary Islands, Tenerife North. Well, they should be happy he didn't get fucking eaten. Well, Four yeah. strong men have held him down. <laughs> Grab a limb each. <laughs> Tenerife North, you should know this, home to a classic crash. From what I saw, 1977, two jumbos having oh, a yeah, bender yeah. on the runway. Yeah. Killing 583. World record at the time, stood for ages. Oh, uh, what's beaten it now? What's well, been since broken, easily. Uh, then, what, 9 11? Yeah. That was a big they one. For anyone that. who didn't know, fucking massive. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, but that's unfair. That's four planes, four locations. Don't, don't this is one runway. There are no fucking rules, man. They don't go, <laughs> you can only have two planes hitting each other. No more. Um, <laughs> even I watched the air crash investigations on this. And yeah, it's a good one. Not it's just an oop- thing. Great oop- crash. Oopsie-daisy, somebody in the air traffic control tower is in a lot of trouble. They sent one plane taking off while another one was coming in to land. Same way. Well, it happened because someone had done a bomb threat on one. Like, a lot of planes got diverted to Tenerife North. They couldn't mm. handle the traffic. And they just blamed the dead pilot, as is the case. <laughs> um, the um, broad... I watched a... Um, on, the, on this Germania flight, right, I, I read some proper modern journalism on this. Broadsheet-style journalist I read. He said this. Spoke... A spokesman for Germania, a charter company operated by LTU, said, oh, there was no real danger at any point for the passengers. Then the article goes on to say, this statement is a crock of public relations bullshit, pungent enough to wrinkle noses on both sides of the Atlantic. What a great (laughs) sentence to put in your fucking newspaper. Um, Everyone aboard the flight was in danger, all 143 passengers and crew. Why else would the co-pilot be screaming for help? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just having four strongmen on your flight. That could be danger. You they could just squash the, the person men. in the middle seat. These are, these are self, self-appointed strongmen. They're oh. not actual. They're not in the way to competition or something. I'm not seeing them on ESPN 6 or whatever you've no. got to watch. To. Well, it's just that when I, when I put in strongmen into... Not the first thing that turns up isn't Germania flight. Uh, four German, Swedish, Russians rushed a cockpit to save the world. No, it's fucking your mates doing, doing muscle shit. Have you got that... Remember, we were watching just this morning that... Um, 
the <laughs> is he Australian or South African? The dude who was he? Accept, I think he was accepting a medal or something. This is our, this is a testament to the usefulness of, the of modern muscles. Thabit, who hailed oh, from spoiler alert. in KwaZulu, Natal, South Africa, had been playing to the crowd before a contest on the weekend. He walked out slowly toward the center of the gymnasium before breaking into a trot and waving his arms, encouraging oh. spectators to... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, brown bread. <laughs> we don't want to say what happened there. Imagine... That's like a Boeing 747 trying to do a fucking yeah. Red Bull trick. <laughs> Too much muscle there, man. <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, if I did a backflip, I, I reckon I'd die landing on your head. But do all the muscles make it worse, you reckon? Surely that is... For sure. Why? If you're that heavy at the bottom... They've always got... I don't know if their heads are small or the bodies are just fucking massive, but they, it's just a little pill yeah. being crunched by a big body. But they yeah. must do neck mes- muscle exercises and stuff, no? Not enough for that. Yeah, right. I mean, that's probably why... You didn't get many laughs during your fucking comedy gig to strong men because they've, they've got muscles all over their tonsils and shit, and they don't, they can't laugh. Yeah. I've never, I've never, I've had a couple of big blokes in my audience before. They're not big laughers, as a yeah. general rule. Plus, two seats, fucking rip off. Like, yeah. get out, pay for two, or don't come yeah. in. Yeah. I, don't I don't think anybody think likes stand up comedy, comedy and wears singlets where you can see your nipples. nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Just no crossover. <laughs> Now I feel like we've done the damage. We're going to do a um, we're going to do a follow-up cockpit breach episode eventually when the uh, probably the final ever midflight brawl episode before we get cancelled a 9/11 special. Oh, but, um, I'm hoping years off. Arguably the best ever cockpit breach. But you know. so if you've got any requests, get them in before that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're doing another show here in two Saturdays from now. If anyone's interested, come along. This sort of thing, but different. Um, get in. Thanks very much for having us today. Give it up for Nick Cody, please, everybody. Thank you. One more time for Luke Heggie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.